All right, welcome to Nats Weekly. I'm your host, D-Mac. Got a trade special trade deadline show. Going to talk about what, what the Nats are doing next. Preview in the next week. Talk about the change in the lineup, moving Juan Soto up. Victor Robas, oh man, we just got so much to talk about. Enjoy the show, guys. As always, hit us up on natsweekly at gmail.com or call in to 305-809-6287. Enjoy the show. Hey, we're going to start off the big news of the day. Trade deadline. It has come and it has passed. And let me tell you how excited I am. Listen to what the Nats did right here. We made this trade. Listen again. Let me tell you. Listen to the moves we made today. Yep, that's right. It came, it passed. We didn't make any moves. To me, didn't surprise me. I know there's a lot of Nationals fans out there that really wanted to to move some pieces. You know, as Drupal Cabrera, see what we could get back. Maybe Annabelle Sanchez. Kurt Suzuki could have got a return. We definitely had pieces to trade, but... And we, in the long run, we could. And if anything, we really had a pass on this season because of what happened last year. I mean, we can live that high for another year, right? I mean... Who cares what happens this year? We won the World Series last year. I mean, come on. If anybody could afford to have a bad year, it was the Nationals. You know, obviously, there are some key bats that we could have could have moved. You know, Howie Kendrick probably would have got someone back. Eric Thames, maybe. I know he hasn't had a very good 30 games. But it didn't surprise me at all that Mike Rizzo didn't make any moves. And let me give you, let me tell you a couple reasons why. First of all, even though the Nationals as a team won last year, I would still say Mike Rizzo still got something to prove. Not to me. Probably not to you. We all love the guy. But his contract's up. He's about to be a free agent. And if the learners are cheap with their GM, as they are with their offense, then Rizzo's in trouble. Rizzo is in trouble. He shouldn't be. They should give him whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. He's earned that with what he's, the moves he's made. The question is, does he want to be somewhere else? And, and I don't think he does, and I don't think the learners want to move on from him. And they're not going to, in my opinion. I think the chance of that happening is slim to none. But I think Rizzo's so competitive that he's always, always in a win-now situation. Which is crazy, because we are so far out of the race right now, you thought 19-31 and 31 was bad. Huh. We're just as bad, if not worse, right now. And the difference with this year's team compared to last year's team we don't have pieces that need to step that could step it up. I mean, really, what could happen? Anibal Sanchez could turn around, but in reality, Juan Soto's been hitting lights out. Trey Turner's been hitting lights out. Howie Kendrick is hitting the ball well. I just don't know who, who who's going to turn it around that's going to help turn this team around. Adam Eaton, yeah, he could do a little better. And I'm sure on-base percentage-wise, this is probably one of the worst years he's had. Eric Thames could hit for power, but is it really worth you know, changing the team around six, seven, eight, nine, ten wins, which is what they got to do. I like what Rizzo did. I like the fact that he he didn't really make a move. I think it was the right move. If anything, he could have sold. I'm glad he didn't buy. We don't we don't really have much to give up, anyways, as far as trying to get in a big you know big player. But I feel like he made the right move by not making a move. 
and I think that's we're gonna kind of see what our young guys can do over the next over the next few few weeks, I guess. Because in reality, twelve and nineteen, I don't know how much we have to play for right now. With that said, let's go ahead and get up to the recap. What happened? What the hell happened? Give me the recap. All right, here comes that recap we're talking about. And let me tell you, Nats fans, it ain't looking pretty. It ain't looking pretty. This week right here was uh, beyond bad. Start off with that team down south, Miami Marlins, finishing off the five-game series. We got the win Sunday. Anibal Sanchez had looked like he'd turned the corner a little bit. Pitched really well in that one. Finished the series, though, with a loss. Five-game series, lost to the Marlins. Take on Philly, played two of them, lost them both. Then head up to Boston for a three-game set. Went one and two. So for the week from Sunday to Sunday, those seven games, two and five. We've lost five of our last six. It is not looking good. And like I said, the bad part is Trey Turner's crushing the ball. Crushing the ball. He went 14 for 27. Still lost five of six to end the week. It's bad. It's definitely not looking good. Trey Turner continued his hot streak. 15 straight games he's got a base hit, which is impressive. And the reason I say it's bad right now for the Nats is because of that. Last year, where Trey Turner went, the Nats went. At the beginning of the year, he was hurt. He wasn't playing. When he first came back from his injured finger, he wasn't hitting the ball well. Once he kind of got his groove back, the Nats took off. Well, his groove is there. He is hitting the ball, hitting the cover off the ball right now. 519 average this past week. Including a home run, four RBIs, five doubles. He had six extra base hits this week. And we lost five of seven. Juan Soto hit the ball well. Two more home runs for him. Howie Kendrick hit the ball well. But I can tell you right now, I think Adam Eaton's got to be the guy. I think Adam Eaton has to get hot. 12 and 19 right now is our record. 12 and 19. We could win six in a row and we'd still be five under 500. Could six in a row get us in the playoffs? Maybe. But with this pitching staff, I don't see six in a row. Anibal Sanchez struggled again in his last outing. Austin Voth continues to show that he shouldn't be he shouldn't be part of the five man rotation. Who can we replace him with? I have no idea. I I mean who who's out there? Here's the problem. You sign somebody like uh I'll I don't, I'll throw Jeremy Helkson out there because you know he was with the Nats a couple years ago and he, we have a relationship with him. But let's say we sign someone like him. I don't even know if he's available right now. But it takes time to ramp up. You sign him. It takes two weeks to get going, probably. It's not like he can just come off the street and start for you. Jeremy Helton was the perfect number five starter. He would go five innings of one or two run run ball. Austin Voth, Eric Fetty, they can't do that right now. Two of our five starts, we got to score at least eight, nine, ten runs just to be in the game. Tough. That's tough. And because the Nats didn't make any moves on the mound... As far as starting pitching, I, I don't know how that can change. You know, yes, you get to the playoffs. You go with Scherzer and Corbin at the top of the rotation. You got a chance in every series. But I don't think you can make it there with just those two. If Anibal Sanchez can't figure it out and turn into who he was the second half of the year, the season's over. I don't want to say no chance, but we're already right now at a tiny chance. Our chances of making the playoffs are extremely low right now. We could have everyone start hitting right, and we'd still still have a tough chance of making the playoffs. 
I'm not saying tank, though. We are the defending World Series champs. Go ahead and push. Give it a good push. Hell, we got a chance this week. We're playing the Phillies. We're playing the Braves. If we want to make a move in the standings, now's our chance. But I'll tell you right now, while I'm making this podcast, we're already losing to the Phillies. Our offense just doesn't have the firepower. You know, it, you know who it really makes me miss? Because I know, I know Ryan Zimmerman hasn't done much the past couple years. He's been injured a lot. I mean, when he has played, he's, he's hit the ball well. But man, we could really use Ryan Zimmerman right now. We could really use Joe Ross right now. Those two guys. Now, I'm not saying they're coming back because they're not. But Ryan Zimmerman right now could help this team out a lot. Joe Ross, he wouldn't be our number five starter. He'd be our number four starter. Maybe even our number three starter. He's got talent. I, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do now. I don't. We did make a change in the lineup, which I thought was interesting. Moving Juan Soto up to the number two spot, which, you know, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now, I was pushing for him to be moved up to leadoff, but if you're going to put him number two, that's just as well. Higher up in the lineup gives them more at-bats. And that's what we want. More at-bats for your best hitters. Our lineup's a lot, a lot shorter now. Hell, once you get five, six, seven, you're not dealing with anybody. I think we need to find a way to elongate our lineup. And maybe that's what they're trying to do, putting Adam Eaton six, maybe not only one. Maybe, maybe it gets him in a, in a groove because he's he doesn't have the pressure that he had at the number two spot. But it also maybe puts more pressure on the on the pitching. Okay, we got we got a scrappy hitter there hitting sixth. The problem is if he gets on, he needs people behind him to drive him in. But maybe that all changes once he once he gets on. But we are running out of time. Running out of time. I do like the lineup change. I think getting Soto more at bats hitting the second spot is is great. You can still hit Howie Kendrick three, Cabrera four, but you're five, six, seven, even eight, you're you know, I, I don't know. The lineup lineup's not very long right now. Like I said, mi- makes you miss Ryan Zimmerman. Another big move? Big move. Very surprising. Not not because of what he was doing, but just surprising because of expectations of this kid. It was Carter Keboom got sent back down. Sent back down. I, what does that mean in the long run? I don't know. I mean, you, you saw flashes of brilliance throughout the year, throughout the 30 games you know that he's in. But you also saw some lost at-bats. You saw him take his walks, stare at pitches, get a couple key hits here and, here and there. But something ain't right with him, especially if he's supposed to be this, this good hitter. One thing I'd love to see him do, Carter Keboom that is, I'd love to see him have some fun. I'll tell you right now, he looks like a kid who's being forced to play baseball by his parents. That's what he looks like out there. He doesn't smile. He doesn't look like he has fun. But I bet if he did, I bet if he smiled a little, enjoyed the game, I bet the game would be a lot easier. You know, I was hoping once Soto came back from his his COVID, you know, experience that I, that he would kind of breathe some life into Carter Keboom, but it hasn't really happened, and and it surprised me. The kid just looks not mad. I wouldn't say mad. He looks he looks sad. Have some fun, Carter Keboom. It's baseball. You're playing baseball in the middle of a pandemic. Have fun. Laugh. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the experience. Like I said, hopefully he'll be brought back up at some point this year. He'll get have more opportunities. You know, whether it's for the stretch run or whether it's, you know, we've fallen so far out that we can't make that comeback. But when he comes back, hopefully he's smiling. Hopefully he's he's enjoying the game of baseball. 
take some of that pressure off him. Don't expect him to hit 300. Don't expect him to hit 330. Don't, you know, bomb every at-bat. You don't need that. Just put together quality at-bats. Play the game that you loved growing up. All right, next we're going to talk about my boy, Victor Robles. Victor Robles. I don't know if you saw his catch. But give the man a gold glove. He deserved it last year. I've already seen him make multiple highlight reel plays this year. And we've only played 30 games. I'm sorry, 31. 31 games, he, he, you know, I see him robbing home runs. He made a catch. Dead center field. Reached high over his head. His momentum going, going towards the wall. Planted. Threw the ball to first base in the air. In the air for a double play. Give him a gold glove. You know, last year, Lorenzo Cain, again, great defender. But I feel like he got it out of his legacy. He earned it because of the years he's put in that position and the multiple times he's won it already. He wasn't the best defender last year. Look at the numbers. Victor Robles was. We're at a point now where he he needs to start getting it year in and year out, especially if he's making plays the way he is. You can't say, oh, he's young. He doesn't deserve it yet. No, the kid has put in his dues. He's the best center fielder in the game defensively. The best. He needs to win a gold glove this year, and he's going to continue to win multiple, multiple. All right, again, this is the voice of the fan. We're trying to get you get you on the show. Call into the show anytime. Phone lines are always open. It's just a message service. The number is 305-809-6287. That's 305-809-NATS. Call in. Questions. You want to rant about the trade deadline? You want to rant about the show? Tell me what I'm doing wrong? Go ahead. I want to hear it. You can call that number. You can text that number. You can send an email to natsweekly at gmail.com. Any of those. And if if your your message gets on the show, you're going to be entered for a chance to win a red gold edition Nats hat. Brand new. Brand new. And I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Tell Tell me my opinion's wrong. I dare you. Tell me your idea that's so much better. Tell me how to fix what's wrong with the Nats right now. Because I, quite frankly, I don't know. It's almost like pack it in and get ready for next year. Tell me what you want to hear about on this podcast. Again, I want this this show to, to be your voice, your way to, to talk about the Nats and the struggles they're going through right now. All right, with that said, I, I'm going to kind of kind of get into something I want to talk about. You know, a couple of weeks ago we played the Orioles, and there was a fan on Twitter, a statement made by someone on Orioles Twitter that said something along the lines of, Nats fans are just old Orioles fans. Well, that ain't true. And I'm going to give my story of my fandom and how, how it came, came about, how I came to be a Nats fan, which, again, it's unique. It's unlike anybody else's. Everyone's got a different story. I mean, let's be real. The Nats have only been around for for 16 years. So unless you're a 10-year-old right now, you probably weren't raised a Nats fan. When you were a child, you probably weren't a Nats fan. Most everyone was a baseball fan at some point somewhere else. Well, I'm going to give my story, okay? So, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old right now. When it came time for me to pick a team, I, I grew up in Florida. I had to pick a team. The Marlins weren't around. The Tampa Bay Rays weren't around. The team that was closest to me was the Atlanta Braves. So I was a Braves fan. 
you know, growing up in Florida, you had all these spring training games to go to. And and my dad and mom, we'd go every year. Me and all my brothers, we'd go every year to multiple games. Going to see, you know, the Dodgers in Baseball City. The Royals down in Haines City. We, I remember we would go Pirates in Bradenton. We would go see them all. But I never got to go see a Braves game in West Palm Beach. Never. Finally, 1997. I'm 13 years old. I got to go to my first Braves game. One of the worst experiences I ever had. Again, I grew up a Braves fan. My favorite player, favorite player, David Justice. I used to lay in bed, listen to it on the radio every game. I just want to know how many hits did he get? How'd he do? Every game was all about David Justice. So we go to this first Braves game, and there's some rumbling. I'm I'm hearing some rumbling because, you know, as a kid, you know, I'd been doing this for years. I knew where to go to get autographs. I knew where to stand to get foul balls. So we get there early, and the first thing I hear is I'm walking up. is a reporter calling out to a Braves, I don't know who it was, somebody for the Braves organization. Hey, is it true you you traded justice? My heart sunk. The first game I ever went to was the day my favorite player was traded. So, of course, me, instead of going and, and running around and getting autographs, I went and I sulked in the bleachers. I was so heartbroken. I didn't know. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd know, know nothing but being a Braves fan. That's it. I was a Braves fan. And now, all of a sudden, they traded my favorite player to the Indians. I didn't know what to do. So, I became an Indians fan. Hell, I like David Justice that much. So, I was an Indians fan for a couple years. Then they traded him to the Yankees. And sadly, I was a Yankees fan for a couple years. And somehow in that, after that, I was an A's fan for a year. Just following David Justice wherever he went. Because, I mean, again, my favorite player by far. I still have multiple pages of his baseball cards. Multiple pages. So in 2002, he retired. Last season with the A's. I didn't have a team. I had I had no team. So I said, Hey, why not the Expos? I don't know any Expos fan. Sure, I'll be an Expos fan. So I was an Expos fan. And of course that didn't last long because a couple years later, they're playing in Puerto Rico half the time. And then what do the Expos do? They turn into... The Washington Nationals. And since then, I've been a die-hard fan. Like I said, it's a unique story. Everyone has their own. I want to hear yours. Call in. Tell me how you became a Nats fan. Give me your story. If you were an Orioles fan, go ahead. I got no problem leaving that team. That team's awful. How did you become part of Nats Nation? When did you get your Natitude? So that's my story. David Justice follower... Went to the Expos. They became the Nationals. Hey, I'm their fan. Let's go. Again, call to the show. That's 305-809-6287. 305-809-NATS. Call in. Get some free Nats gear. All right, time to preview the week. Again, if we want to make a move, now's our time. Now's our time. We got four against the Phillies in Philly. We got four Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
all against the Phillies. Then we got four, one, two, three, four, two Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday, all against the Braves. If, if we're going to make a move, now's the time. And I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I hate to say it, but that Friday is probably going to be, hopefully, hopefully, it's the last time I see Austin Vogt start a game for us this year. I hope. I don't know who else is going to start, but it's a doubleheader on Friday against the Braves. Both probably going to start one of them. After that, I can't continue to watch him. I can't. Not not with his struggles. If we're going to make a move, now's the time. We got eight, eight against eight good opponents that are ahead of us in the standings. But I say I, I say ahead of us in the standings, but everyone's ahead of us in the standings. We're last place in the NL East. We got nowhere to go but up. But now's the time, and I believe, I believe we can go up. Got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. All right, that's going to be our show for this week. Came out two days late. Coming out a day late, I told you. We had to do that special show Sunday. I'm your host, D-Mac. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Leave a review if you can. Subscribe. Hit me up on at Nats Weekly on Twitter. At Nats Weekly at gmail.com. If you want to email me. Or you can always call at 305-809-6287. All right, go Nats. And remember, going 1-0 is about more than just baseball. Next episode comes out on Sunday. Love to hear from you. Go Nats. <laughs>